Hey winners! Welcome to Money Bites. This is the start of a new series where we'll explore how to invite more joy into our lives and where and how money fits into that journey. First on the table, our careers and what it means to us. We as Americans pour so much of ourselves into our jobs. According to OECD stat, the US ranks top as the most overworked developed country. We're working nine additional days than the average OECD country every year. Why does this matter? It's a personal question I've been tinkering with. I hustle Winnie every chance I get, but during the day, I work at a big tech company and I work a lot, which has led to several burnouts over the past few years. This got me thinking, if I'm working this many hours, shouldn't I be getting more out of my job? I feel like I'm missing something. And I don't know if I'm missing passion, mission, energy. Should I be looking for those from my job? And seeing so many of my colleagues jump to startups, is that where the answer lies? If yes, how do I get in? Kelsey Hand, Senior Growth Marketing Manager at FinTech Platform Capitalize, networking extraordinaire, will be joining us to share her experience with startups and job, money, and happiness. All right. Um... Should we just jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on to Money Bites. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Always excited to have a Barnard alum on the show. Um, I wanted to reach out to you particularly because you had a very interesting career trajectory in terms of your involvement with early stage startups yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um... My first job out of school was um, was actually uh, working at a boutique executive search firm as well was essentially the title was human capital analyst, but I was really more of a sourcer. Uh, and I got that job because um, I babysat for one of the founders through the Barnard Babysitting Agency. Oh, network. Um, and it was uh, it was a, a good first job in that I it taught me a little bit about what I did want to do, what I didn't. Um, but a lot of my work was um, was spent researching startups uh, to kind of pluck talent from them for the various companies that we were recruiting for. And uh, because of that, I spent a lot of time reading TechCrunch, following along um, in Crunchbase to see what, what where they were being, um, what where money was being raised, and. I, I kind of got to the point where I realized I didn't want to be um, working on these companies as an outsider. I wanted to be building them myself. Mm. And it was around this time that I um, was trying to refinance my student loans from Barnard. Uh, and I applied to a bunch of different companies to help refinance them. And I kept getting rejected because my debt to income ratio was insane. I was afraid I was going to have to move out of New York and move back to like rural Pennsylvania where I'm from. And SoFi was actually uh, the only company that accepted uh, accepted my application. And they didn't just do, they didn't just accept me. They mailed me a pie from San Francisco to to thank me for being a member. It was the first time in my life that I viewed my student debt as not something shameful. Like I was part Mm. of a community. I felt so much gratitude to them. So I, I had a coworker who had a, 
friend who went to business school with the co-founders of SoFi. And I asked her to make that connection to me. And I had lunch with um, one of the co-founders, Dan, like the next week. He happened to be in New York. And I was pretty much upfront that I, I love this company. It's already changed my life. How can I work here? I will do anything. And they had an opening on their community marketing team. Um, and I was all in. And interestingly, at the time, I really viewed SoFi as a startup. And they were in many ways, and like in retrospect, but when I joined, there were 750 employees. So they were not an early stage, we have no resources, right? Mm. They had so many resources, but they grew almost faster than, than, than they could. Um, they, you know, they, they were, what's the, what's, the, what's the way that people say it? They were building the plane while they were flying it. And I was there for a little, maybe a year and a half. And one thing about SoFi that I felt like, because of its stage, um, was every every role was very siloed. If you were in marketing, then you were in, then you were in SEO, you were in community, you were in um, social media, and I didn't really know where I wanted to specialize yet. Um, so I knew that if I wanted to. I wanted to figure that out. I had to go really early where they would kind of take a chance on me. So around that time, I read an interview with um, the, C- the then CEO and co-founder of Dandelion Energy, Kathy Hanoon. And she just sounded like such a badass. Like she had raised money um, for an energy tech company while visibly pregnant. And they, the article was about how... Um, you shouldn't have to sacrifice your personal goals to build a company. Like you can be a badass CEO and still want to be a mom and still, and those things can still happen at the same time. And that very much spoke to my own, my own goals. So I, I just reached out to her cold and um, said, I, you know, I have some skills. <laughs> so fine. I don't know if you're hiring a marketer, but I'd love to, to meet you and see if I can help. Kelsey, you're such a badass. This is amazing. Uh, we we got we got um, breakfast, and I de- I definitely did not oversell myself. I think I'm, that's something I'm 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 very self aware, and that I was pretty honest. That look, I've I've never done digital marketing, but I can learn, and um and I'd love to learn with you. And she hired me to her, and uh, which I so grateful to her for that joining dandelion um at that point i was the 12th maybe the 12th employee and we the product hadn't even launched yet it was like launching like shortly after i joined we had no crm we had no like distribution channels for marketing there was no like real messaging that had been created and i was kind of thrust into this role to figure those things out and not having done any of it before. So every day after work, I'd go home and watch like Skillshare courses on like how to, how to make a Facebook ad or like, or what is copywriting? And then I'd go to work the next day and put it into action. And um, my first, my first ads were like terrible. They were very bad, hmm. not better. And I ultimately was promoted to um, the head of uh, acquisition marketing. And I loved that role. Um, it was, such a pivotal moment in my career. Mm. And um, unfortunately, because of COVID, it was cut a little bit short. Um, but since then, I, I, 
I joined a Series C company called Maven, um, which was a, which is a bit bigger, with 150 employees. And there's so many things I really appreciate about Maven that the processes that they um, that they built were really informative for me. Um, since I had spent so much time trying to, I mentioned like build that plane while flying it. But ultimately, after less than a year, I realized how much I missed being in that really early stage environment. Um, and I had actually, before I joined Maven, I had reached out to um, the CEO and founder of Capitalize, where I'm currently at. Um, they were also were not hiring a marketer, and I thought the company was a great idea. I had to roll over my own 401ks. And um, when I came, when I time came around for me to look again, I got back in touch. Uh, it was the timing was right, so that's that's where I'm at right now. Can I just say you're so cool? You're you're really chartering your own path. This is so cool. First off, it, it sounds like you're really connecting the dots yourself. How how are you coming across these companies? Yeah, yeah. Um, one way that I think about finding these companies is I usually get a free trial to Crunchbase, um, the, the sort of the database where you can see when companies raise money. Because when a company raises money, they're usually ready to hire. And I will go time. through every company that's gotten financing in the last like three months and we'll go through each one to understand what the founders look like, what's their background, um, what's the mission, and also what the team currently looks like. If there uh, isn't anyone on marketing, then there's usually a need for an early stage person, even if they don't have a role open yet. Um, so as I'm kind of going through this list of companies, I'm also checking, seeing if any of them check off some of the boxes. Like, is there a female founder? That's something that I, I really look for a lot. Like, what does the board look like? Um, what does diversity of the team look like? before even reaching out to see if if I can see myself at this company. Is there a particular reason why you continue to gravitate towards early stage companies? Yeah, definitely. At early stage companies, you're judged more on your potential than what you've done before. Mm. And I, there's a lot that I haven't done before. In startups, they're more accommodating to that. It's always about proving yourself and what you can do next and not necessarily what you've already done before. From my understanding, it feels a little bit different with larger, more established companies where it's it's often based off of um, your career trajectory getting you to that point. But in an early stage company, you really have, uh, you have room to play. Mm. I, I'm working across a ton of different marketing channels right now. And if I was in a larger company, I wouldn't have the opportunity to do that. I'd be able to watch someone else do that and be able to pick their brain. And that's valuable in its own way, watching an expert work. But I wouldn't have the chance to get in the weeds myself. And which weeds are you most thriving in? Actually, SEO and content have become mm -hmm. one of my favorite areas of marketing. They're free, quote unquote free. Obviously, someone still needs to write it and there still needs to be optimization. But... Ultimately, that is what makes you a thought leader in your space is delivering this, this value to your audience and it's what will continue to drive customer acquisition, even on days when Facebook is down, right? Even on days when your competitors are way outflanking you on paid, on paid search, if you've, if you've invested in creating really high value content that answers 
the questions for your target market, they'll trust you. Yeah. I, I love how you're crafting your own sphere of influence, but it, it is also the case that early stage companies are riskier. Yeah, absolutely. How are you managing that? Yeah. So actually, before I joined Dandelion, um, one, one important way that I was able to do that, my long-term partner and I became very serious and we're, um, we've been together now for eight, for nine years. We just had our nine year anniversary. Congratulations. And, um, thank you. And, um, honestly having someone who, if I lost my job, which we had discussed because an early stage company can, um, you know, hopefully won't, but it can deteriorate very quickly. Mm. And we had discussed if that were to happen, what would our joint finances look like? You know, we came to the agreement that if that were to happen, then he would support me for as long as it took to get another job. And I'm very, very lucky in that way. Um, and I haven't, I haven't seen my, my income decrease going to startups. Mm. So, I, so it, it isn't that I'm, you know, not making money going to these early stage companies, really having this, having the safety net is about if I were suddenly out of a job. And if I, if I didn't have um, my partner, Jacob, I would probably just need to be even more diligent about having a really well fleshed out safety net, having X months of savings in case something were to happen because it is a risk. Um, that said, I think that COVID has shown us that no job is as secure as you might think it is. Mm. Even, even companies and industries that are thriving today and feel like they will be stalwarts and will be around forever. You never know when a pandemic is going to come around and really shake things up. I, I want to come back to the financials in a bit, because this is Money Bites and we talk about personal finance for women. Um, but I want to also continue on the theme that you just touched on, revisiting the value of work. And yeah the potential happiness, but also the imprisonment uh, working for another person? Yeah, so I think that my my views around work have really shifted um, throughout the pandemic. I would say that pre, pre-pandemic, I was working, um, I was working for Dandelion, I was one of the earliest employees. And um, I was unfortunately furloughed, as was most of the company. I ultimately wasn't wasn't brought back from furlough, and that was really that was really tough for me. Um, it was really emotionally challenging because I I had felt as if I gave so much of myself to that company, working you know really long days, working on the weekends, sometimes working holidays, and um, to have that end so abruptly, I think really clarified to me that work is a contract. You are providing labor in exchange for money. With access to technology to work from home, there's an expectation that if you can work from anywhere, you should work everywhere and you should work always. And it's not enough just to be good at your job. You need to give more than that. Even all of that, it didn't save me. Mm -hmm. It didn't save my job they they're a a business and ultimately the business had to survive separate from what i as an individual kelsey needed 
And I think that really clarified to me that while I will continue to only work for companies that I really believe in, that I think are creating products that, that better the world, that ultimately I am working, I am not my work. This is a job that starts and will one day end, but I have to live with myself all the time. How are you now applying that? I think I have to, I think I now put in some mental separation between me and work. Mm. When I get a piece of feedback, positive or negative, I have to take a step back and say, this is about this particular piece of work. This is not about me. And on the days when that feedback is negative, that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. And on the days when that feedback is positive, that doesn't mean that I'm a great person, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I will also say that um, I now also think much more clearly about my boundaries at work. Mm. People don't respect boundaries you don't set. And it's really on you to set those and decide what those boundaries look like, whether it's what you do and do not discuss at work, whether it's when and where you work, um, whether it's you know how people talk to you. That can be a little bit tough at a startup where lines can get really blurry. Mm. At, at an early stage company, every everything is new, everything is being figured out. And so it's often really put on the individual to to set those boundaries and also in really like make sure that they're respected. I can really empathize with that because even at Facebook, um, there's just, like you said, no ending to work. There's always more things you can work on. And I think it was a bit egotistical of me to think I'm the only one that can do this. So I need to like, this has been put on my plate. So I need to finish this. Whereas my coworker keeps reminding me, Minky, you're not saving babies here. Yes. Um, and I have been realizing like the continued burnout that I've, I've had like over the past few years is I just haven't been setting those boundaries for myself. And if I can't take care of myself, then my performance suffers, like my relationship suffers. And ultimately, like, what I was trying to do, like, be a good worker, yeah, also suffers. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think that it's, it's hard sometimes to um, draw those connections and share with, with a manager, right? That if I work less, my work will be better. Mm. Um, but really, we work in marketing. And a lot of my work is not work I can just pound out, right? It's not like here's a spreadsheet and I'm working to solve this particular problem. A lot of it's really it's really creative and it's really heavy thought-based work. And it isn't something that you can just turn on. Like I might be at my computer for nine hours a day or 10 hours a day or 11 hours a day. Not in all of the 11 hours, in those 11 hours, am I able to generate the kind of ideas and work that that will have an, have a, a real impact. Mm. Sometimes it, it only comes one hour a day. If you are so burned out and you are not taking care of yourself, I can be in front of my computer for 24 hours 
but I'm not going to get any of the the impact that we want. So here's a question I'd love to ask you because again, this has been something I have been grappling with for a while yeah. now. I'm not sure if I am searching for a better job that's somewhere existing out there that would give me yeah. happiness. So still happiness from the job, but it's it's something yeah. different versus me needing to, you know, dig in my heels and I don't know, do yoga and find yeah. nirvana within um you, you get what I'm saying. So Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you're you're sort of thinking along the same path. What I preach is not always what I practice. <laughs> I don't believe that there is a perfect job. I think that of the jobs I've had, all of them have great upside that I'm proud to have been a part of and people I'm proud to have worked alongside and worked for. But I don't believe that there's any job that will that will make me happy. Mm. I don't I don't believe that there's any any one role or any one job that is sort of the key to making me feel successful and making me as happy as I want to be. I and I think that there's there's kind of a myth that work can do that for you by putting all of your hopes into that. I think that when a job doesn't live up to those expectations because people are people and businesses are businesses. Um, you really you risk feeling like a failure, right? That's when you risk feeling like you're not successful, like you're a letdown. The mindset I'm trying to approach is that this is a job and it can be a great one, but it's ultimately a chapter in my life. How am I finding happiness, right? I And I find happiness going to the park on the weekends mm. and reading a really good book. I find happiness on really rainy Sundays, lighting a candle and making some like delicious baked oatmeal. I find happiness, you know, curling up with my partner on like our sleeper sofa and watching scary movies all day. And like those things, those are your life. Work is not your life. Work is work. And it's easy to conflate the two Mm -hmm. because you spend so much time working. But that's not, that's not who you are. You are the, you are, you are those Sundays, right? You are those days in the park. Those are the things that you think about and that you'll think about, you know, at the, at the end of your life, you're not going to think about, I wish I put in a 13 hour day instead of a nine hour day. Mm. Life's hard. (laughs) It is hard. It's really hard. And I I say that as someone who I work all the time Mm. and I'm starting to think through how I can, um, how I can build a sustainable schedule that still meets business goals without burning myself out. Right. I, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, planning to become a parent in in a year. How can I build some time in now to, um, to ease that transition a little bit because it's feels impossible to have to to work really long hours and still make time to nurture a tiny human. Hmm. But I don't think the answer then is then, I guess you just can't work at a startup. Like, why why do I have to change? Why can't work change? On that note, I'd love to go back to the financials. Um, one yeah. thing you mentioned that I was surprised by, 
was you said that your salary didn't take a big hit. Yeah. When you worked at a startup.、Um, I'm wondering, is that because you were searching for startups that hit a certain series? Or was it negotiation? or... No, not at all.、Um, so when I, when, I, when I had my first job, I think I was hired making maybe $45,000. I think I got to $50,000 by the time I left. Going to, and that was again your first job, right?、Mm-hmm. Which never pays as much as you want to. <laughs> It's the、um, welcome to the real world. <laughs> yeah, exactly.、Um, but going to,、uh, going to SoFi, SoFi was a big bump for me.、Um, SoFi, I think, paid $65,000 plus a 12% bonus on top of that.、Mm. And that was, that was huge going from 50K to, that, to 65 regularly.、Um, I remember feeling like completely rich.、Um, and since my.、Um, My first salary graduating school. So, in the last six years, I've been able to triple my salary、um, working in or almost triple working in startups.、Mm-hmm. Not, not quite completely triple.、Um, but I think one way to do that is I、um, is honestly changing jobs. As you mentioned, I've worked at a couple jobs. Like, I haven't worked at I haven't worked at two jobs since I graduated. I think I've worked at like five.、Mm-hmm. And that isn't always. Because of you know, things I wanted. I would have loved to stay at Dandelion, for example.、Um, but you will almost never make more money getting promoted than you'll make moving on. And that's, it's sad to say that.、Um, I wish it weren't true. And I think that there are many reasons to stay and get promoted.、Um, and I would, I very much、um, am really excited by my current role and I, I hope to be here for several years. But the sad truth is that sometimes companies only offer you more money when, you're, when you are ready to leave. Yeah.、Um, I've had, I had a friend of mine who、um, it wasn't until she was interviewing that,、um, that her CEO came to her and said, I heard you've been interviewing and, re- and increased her salary dramatically. And it's kind of messed up because it's like, oh, you were holding on to that the whole time.、Mm. You thought I was worth that the whole time. You just want it, you just are only offering it now because、um, I'm going to put you in a bind. I think being your own biggest advocate, and sometimes that means making a hard decision and going to a different company. And I, I wish that weren't true. I really,、um, I really hate this kind of myth of like the job hopper. I don't think that people just jump jobs because they're bored. I think that,、um, I know that in my case, I have really high standards. Of what I expect out of myself and what I expect out of my career. And I would love to stay at a company for half a decade or longer. That'd be incredible if I were continuing to get career growth and continuing to get regular raises and making a competitive salary. But that often isn't the case.、Um, that said, I, I, hoped, I hope to be proven wrong. <laughs> This might be the magic company.、Um... Yeah, I have, I have very high hopes. Aside from Dandelion,、uh, which、yeah. was an exception, when you were switching roles,、um, you were also very proactive about it. You, you read about something、yeah. and then you reached out to the CEO, et cetera. As in, like, are you always proactively searching versus. That's the question.、Um, I'm not always proactively searching. I,、um, for example, right now, it's. 
as everyone knows, it's a really hot recruiting market. Um, I, as, as many, as many growth marketers do, I get reached out to a couple times a week. Some of them from opportunities that do sound, you know, pretty exciting and interesting. And I'm currently not in a place where I'm, um, even entertaining those networking conversations. I am really invested in my current role and my time is really limited. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, um, I'm not really in a place where I'm trying to sort of network for that longer term relationship quite yet. But, um, but I do, um, I do sometimes if someone, if something does sound really interesting, I'll take the call, not, not because I want to leave or really, but for that relationship. Um, it's less often these days, but I'd say that I, um, you know, I also never say never. Yeah. Um, I think that it's, it's helpful and opportunistic to always be chatting with people within, within your own time limits, right. Within your own bandwidth. Um, if only to kind of practice your pitch as well as to continue to make those connections. Um, there, I was recently, I recently was reaching out, um, for recommendations in my network for a particular type of marketing consultant. And a lot of people I reached out to were people who I'd actually spoken with in past interview processes. Mm. Who were very, you know, were very helpful now. And they're folks who I, you know, I very much respect and I think are incredibly intelligent. Um, those jobs didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, but it doesn't mean that we won't work together one day. So I think there's a piece of like making sure that you are building those connections, um, knowing that they might pay off later on. And that's, that's how, that's how, um, Capitalize came back around. Right. When I first reached out to them, they were three employees. Like they were, they were too early to hire a marketer. Yeah. Really in, in retrospect, but I, um, I'm happy that I had those conversations then because this past, um, this past February when they were starting to think, that it was time to bring someone in house and we got back in touch. Um, we had that, we had that foundation. If an incredible opportunity comes knocking at the door, you don't turn away just because it's been less than a year, mm-hmm. right? That's those kind of time limits of how long you need to be somewhere to leave. Those are just constructs made to, made to make you feel bad. I feel like I want to, pay you to help me find my next role <laughs> you, see, you seem amazing at this I love that actually um I'm laughing because my uh my partner's always telling me that I should um I should start a uh an Instagram starting up with Kelsey How yeah I'd subscribe <laughs> um I love I love startups I'm, I'm happy to work in them I working in a startup, like one year at a startup is like five years anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> one in terms of the hours you work, but also in terms of the, um, like the personal and the professional growth. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for walking us through uh, your journey. Yeah, of course. Um, and, and on the note, if you've changed jobs, you, you have to check out Capitalize, right? <laughs> to roll over your old 401k. <laughs> let's, let's talk over uh, some alcohol sometime. <laughs> Perfect. That sounds Amazing. great. Um, if you ever start that Instagram handle, starting with Ke- uh, Kelsey. Start, starting with Kelsey, yeah, I will. I'll let you know. Yeah, I, I'm going to put a link to uh, this post. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much.